Turn with me in your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, the ninth through the twelfth verses. We want to read some verses that Paul's writing to the church at Corinth here. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Thank God that we have spiritual insight into the things that God has prepared for every one of us as a believer. God has not left us in this earth in a lurch. God has not left us here to be alone. God has not left us here to just try to make it in our own strength or our own abilities. But God has made provisions for every one of us to fulfill the call of God, the dream, that the destiny that God's placed within you. God's put within us the ability, the ability, His ability, His divine ability, and He's also given us His divine wisdom, divine revelation, because we as spiritual beings know the Spirit of the Lord and we can understand what God is speaking to us. And by doing this, we become more than conquerors and we're victorious in this life and we're overcomers. That's what we've been teaching on is overcoming um, different obstacles and different things in our life. Uh, in the overcoming series, we've learned how to overcome discouragement, overcome doubt, overcome fear, overcome oppression and depression. And, and and today, as we teach the Word of God, we're going to deal with the subject of overcoming worry. Now, all of these really relate to each other, but I'm trying to break it down so that we can understand each individual uh, status of, of where we are so that we can begin to work on these particular areas and walk in the victory that God's called us to. A worry is, well... It's just, a, you know, some people say, I'm concerned over something. No, you're really worried about something. Um, it's a cousin to fear. <laughs> I mean, they're related so closely, fear and discouragement. But worry is a very powerful, destructive process. And I, I don't know if you've ever noticed it or not, but sitting around worrying about something never, ever changes anything. Nothing is ever changed by just thinking and dwelling on the negative things. It doesn't change anything. In fact, worry always seems to think about the worst case scenarios. I mean, we, our mind can be very, very um, uh, imaginative as we begin to imagine the worst. Uh, it's not even as bad as it seems. But worry has has an effect on our mind, and, and it makes us feel, makes us think like, our circumstance, our situation is worse than what it really is. Uh, it, it thinks about what if. Worry always has that what if. What if I hadn't done this? What if I had not have uh, made this decision? Uh, what if I had not made this first step into uh, the the uh, project that you're doing right now? What what if what if will keep you in a low state of mind? What if will keep you in a position of defeat? What if will always hold you back from progressing? and doing the perfect will of God and doing what God's called you to do. 
It affects your body. Worry affects your body. Um, your body is going to begin to feel the effects of worry. Uh, it's going to begin to put a drain on you physically. Your mind is going to become fatigued. Your body is going to become tired. And not only that, it will also begin to affect you inwardly in your organs of your body. Uh, medical science has proven every day more and more that people that are under stress, people that are worried, people that are fearful, people that have bitterness, people that have anger, all of these attributes that we're talking about here are inward things on the inside. And medical science has proven more and more every day that these things will cause physical defects and problems in your body. And many people are dying prematurely due to the fact of of the trauma and, and the things that their body's going through due to the spiritual problem. Uh, see, worry is a spiritual problem. And we're going to have to deal with these things in the spirit realm if we're going to have the total victory that God wants you to have. But it affects your body. Um, worry will steal your peace. It will steal your joy. A person that's worried, they're just kind of walking around like a zombie many times. They've got some, the things that's on their mind is weighting their mind down to the point they can't even converse with people, can't even enjoy fellowship with other folks because their mind is not there. Their, their mind is on their problem and it, it's been magnified, uh, and they're, and they're just dealing on it. Uh, dealing with it in their own mind and it, it, it's pulling them down to where there's no peace and there's no joy. A person that used to be real joyful and happy, now they're all worried and all depressed. I mean, you get around them, you can sense it, you can feel it. It's in the air. It, it's, it, it feels their atmosphere. Worry is something that is very tangible in the spirit realm and it, and it can be affected or felt and, be a, and it can affect other people as they walk in on a person that's full of worry. Now, worry is primarily a battle of your mind. And, and really, when you get down to it, just about every situation in your life is a battle in your mind. Even your physical problems can be a battle in your mind. The devil can put a pain there and make a pain, short pain come in your body and, and your mind begins to dwell on the most negative thing there is and you begin to dwell on it, you begin to talk it, you begin to feel it, you begin to think it, you begin to speak it and it, 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 just, it just takes over your capacity of your mind and to where it actually literally becomes a physical problem. Um, I'm not saying that all sickness is in your mind. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that just because you're sick, it's all in your mind. But your mind has a large part to play in your total health. And that's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Your mind has a big part in, in the battle and the victory there. Now, worry has become a mental habit that we've developed over the years. I, I mean, there's some people that are just professional worriers. I mean, you know, there's some people I've been around that every time you get around them, they just worry about this. They worry about that. Uh, they're concerned that they didn't do this right. They didn't do this right. They didn't say this right. Uh, listen, you walk around life always doubting your actions and doubting what you've done is going to always pull you down in, into, into the depth of despondency and it's going to, it's going to cause you to just isolate yourself because the, the enemy wants to destroy you and he, he wants to come in and he, and, and this is a means that he does it. And if you, if he can get you to make a mental habit of just worry over everything, everything, everything. Listen. Some people worry about their children all the time. 
Job had this problem. In Job, the first chapter, the Bible said he was the richest man in the East, and he had everything that he needed tangibly. He had children, had a home, had family, had a cattle, oxen, sheep, everything that he needed to survive and to make it very well. The Bible said he was the richest man in the East. But Job had a worry problem. He worried. He feared. He worried. See, worry and fear go hand in hand, really, when you get right down to it. He worried about his children sinning a great sin against God, and he continually, every day that was on his mind, every day that was on his in his thoughts, every day he would speak it out of his mouth, and he would pray. Now, you see, there's a difference in praying, and then there's a difference in, in scared praying, and, uh, and, and there's a difference in in, in fear operating rather than faith because he, he always stated the same thing that he, he offered sacrifices because he was afraid that his children had sinned a great sin against God and one day they were all destroyed and then Job realized what had happened and he said the thing that I greatly feared see the thing that he feared the thing that he worried about came upon him and uh, so worry literally dominated his life so a mental habit is something that we develop over the years. You, you learn. <laughs> There's some people that learn how to worry. Children grow up in a home that is full of joy and full of peace, full of love, full of positive attitude. These children are not going to grow up to be worriers. But yet you put a child in an atmosphere where the parents always worry. They worry about their bills. They worry about having enough food. They worry about having this. They worry about this. And that that attitude and that atmosphere that that child is raised in is is permeating his being, and as he grows up, he's he's developing a habit of being a worrier rather than a faith person that's speaking the word and believing what God says. Listen, you are victorious regardless of what the circumstances are. Jesus is Lord regardless of what the circumstances look like. Circumstances are only temporary. They will change as you put the Word of God on them, and we're going to see how that happens later. But the Bible says, uh, do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. Entertain no worry. That's Philippians 4, 6. That's various translations. Do not be anxious is in the King James and the New King James. Don't worry about anything. And then entertain no worry is, is another translation. Uh, God is exhorting us through the Apostle Paul not to let worry take over our mind. See, the devil can place one thought in your mind that will hold you captive to worry. If, if he puts that one thought there and you dwell on it and you begin to t think on it and meditate on that, guess what? What you meditate on is what you're becoming. And uh, what you meditate on is what comes out of your mouth. So that's why the Lord speaks to us many times about meditating on the Word of God. Think on these things. Think on these things. Dwell on the good things of the Lord. And let that come out of your mouth. Because what you say is what's producing your your life and producing the results that's in your life as you begin to speak and say what the Word says. Now, now let's take a look. We, we've talked about what these worries do. Let's, let's take a look at the definition of worry. Webster defines worry as to be troubled in your mind, to feel or to make uneasy or to be anxious and have anxiety. You've heard of people having anxiety attacks. It's, it's due to worry. It's due to worry that they've allowed to enter their mind and they've entertained these thoughts that the enemy has placed there and it causes them to be anxious, worried, uh, fearful. 
of what of what's of what's going on, and they're uneasy and they're troubled in their mind. So really, worry is the first cousin to doubt and to fear. And worry and concern is the same thing. Somebody said, well, I'm concerned. You act like you're not concerned, uh, Brother Clarence. You're, you, sometimes you act like you're not concerned about the situation. No, I, I've learned that if I get concerned, I get worried. And if I get worried, it gets me down and my joy level's not there. And, and the Bible said in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and, and pleasures forevermore. So I want to be able to stay in the presence of God. And worry will keep you from being in the presence of Jesus and being in the presence of the Lord. Because, you see, these things cannot stand in the presence of God. And so when we learn how to entertain the Word, entertain uh, the, the, the blessed the blessings that God has for us and begin to think on positive things that God has for us, then we're going to begin to see Jesus manifest himself in our life every day and worry is going to have to take a back seat and just exit the door because worry is no good. Praise God. See, when we worry, we look at circumstances like normal human beings. And we cannot look and walk in the natural realm. Now, I'm, I want to say something here. And there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm only human. I'm only human, so therefore humans make mistakes. Well, that's true. We are only human. But I want to, I want to share something with you. You see, we're, we're not normal humans. <laughs> Jesus was not a normal human being, even though he was 100% flesh and blood. He was not a normal human being because he knew the Father, and he walked in the Father's will. Now, he had opportunities. He had opportunities to choose, to doubt. He had, and In fact, when Jesus came into this earth as a man, and he came into this earth and walked as a man, and, and he went through his life, those 33 years that he was up on this earth that and he had to make a decision when it came time to the point of of giving his life he was a human being he knew the pain that he would suffer he knew uh, the results of him submitting to the soldiers and submitting to the literally the will of God to become the lamb for slaughter and, and to become the supreme sacrifice he knew what was going to entail there and when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and praying, and great drops of blood began to appear on his forehead, he, he was saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, his physical side was saying, I know the pain, but nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And Jesus had to make a choice to go and suffer and to go through the pain and the agony as a human being. But you see, he did that knowing he knew beyond the suffering and the pain. He knew what was going to take place. He knew he was going to come forth out of the grave. He knew that God was going to leave him in the grave, that God was going to bring him up out of there, resurrect him by the power of the Holy Ghost. He knew that, but he still had to make a choice in his flesh not to allow his mind to dominate and to persuade him not to do the will of God. So worry and concern is not something God... We're, we're not... We're, we're human beings, but when you become a child of God and you're full of the Holy Spirit and you receive the Holy Spirit in your life, you are not a normal human being. You are in this earth, even as He is, so are we in this world. So God, God's power is in you. His nature is in you. His love is in you. His ability is in you. So therefore, to be concerned and to act concerned is an act of worry. And uh, when we begin to know who 
who we are, and we begin to know who God is as our Father, then we're going to walk in this world with confidence. And, and it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. We're going to be like the three Hebrew children. They went through the fiery furnace, but they came out on the other side. Daniel went through the lion's den, but he came out victorious, and not even a mark, a tooth bark on him, whatever, because the angel of the Lord was there. But Daniel had to have that confidence in God and could not worry. Don't you, do you think that he just went down there and stayed up all night hoping those lions wouldn't chew on him? No. I believe Daniel went down there and went to sleep. Three Hebrew children went into the fiery furnace, and the Bible said they were loosed, and they were praising God and walking around in the middle of the fire. And then they came out, and not even the smell of smoke was on their garments because they were human, but yet supernaturally God preserved them and and, and, and kept them alive and brought them forth victorious and as a testimony of God's power and his keeping power. And you know something? Every situation you're in, God's going to bring you out of it. God will bring you through it because he wants to manifest his power on your behalf also for the benefit of all the others that are seeing what you're in. And they're going to see that you can walk through this thing with joy and with peace knowing. You see, that's the key. Knowing that God is bringing you through and God's bringing you out on the other side because worry is being anxious. And I don't want to be worried. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to be doubtful. See, when we worry, we look at circumstances like normal humans, but we can't look and walk in the natural realm. Worry is a sin. (laughs) We've made that statement concerning several things we've talked about in the overcoming. Discouragement is a sin. Worry is a sin. Fear is a sin. Doubt is a sin. Why? Because Romans 14 verse 23 says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So when you worry, you're sinning. <laughs> now, we, you may not be out here robbing banks. You may, may, may not be out here murdering people. You may, may not be doing sexual immoral sins. But the thing is, worry is sin. You know what worry does? Worry is telling God, I don't know if you're really telling me the truth or not. It's kind of like doubt. You're divided between two opinions. And worry, remember, is a cousin to doubt and a cousin to fear. And so, therefore, when you're worried and your mind is tormented by, by the worry that's there, then you're, you're, you're just telling God, God, you're lying to me. You're not telling me the truth. Listen. God is truth. God is faithful. God will do what he says he will do because he is God and he cannot lie and will not lie and never has lied and will not lie to you as his child. He's going to do what his word says he'll do for you. Praise the Lord. Now, but worry is a sin. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, you've got to believe that God is, and you've got to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jesus made this statement in Mark nine twenty three, telling the man that had the son that was being cast down and demon-possessed, and the disciples couldn't help him. He came to Jesus, Lord, you can do anything. Help my son. And Jesus said, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, that does away with worry, because I'm not going to let worry enter my mind, so therefore I'm going to believe God, and if you can believe, if you can, say, everybody say, I can, because see, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Somebody said, well, it's hard for me to believe. It's hard for me to see beyond the problem. It's hard for me to see beyond these circumstances. It's hard for me to see beyond the pain that I'm feeling in my body. It's hard for me to see beyond my empty checkbook and my empty pocketbook. Uh, it's hard for me to see beyond this. But you see, you've got to 
look beyond it in faith, and you've got to see yourself coming through this fire, coming through the lion's den, coming through this circumstance, victorious and not worried because you're God's child, and God will never leave you or forsake you. He's always with you, and he will always do what he says he will do. Now, what happens when we let worry in our heart or in our mind and it begins to affect our heart? Now, here's some effects of worry. Uh, number one, there's going to be tension. Tension. You're going to be tensed up in your body when worry is there. Um, headaches. Headaches is a, is a part of the tension. You know, you've heard of people say, I've got this tension headache. But, is, what, what, but what's causing the tension? You see, tension is causing the headache. It's producing the headache. Um, worry will cause a tightness. I mean, your muscles will tighten up. You, you're, you're, you're just not going to be relaxed at all when worry is in control of, of your mind it, because it begins to control your body. Ulcers are produced through worry. Ulcers are produced. Sickness, stress, and even aging. Aging. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but every president that's went into office of our nation that I, since I've been able to uh, understand, you know, presidents from the age that I could begin to understand, and they go into office, I mean, in just a few short years, you can see the aging process hit them because the weight of the whole world in this nation is up on them because the leader of our nation is really uh, looked at as the leader of the world and... The, all of the weight of these problems in the world weigh on this individual because now then they're dealing with all of the, uh, the the rogue people in all the other nations that want to destroy democracy, that want to destroy other people, and they're having to make some tough decisions, major decisions. And that's the reason the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders and to pray for those that are in the office, regardless of whether you agree with all of the things they do. They're still the ones that's in charge. We need to pray for them. And because because we don't want them to let stress and let these things uh, that they're facing uh, destroy them mentally or emotionally. I'm sure they have to battle these things because it's a very heavy, stressful job. And you can see aging take place in their life. But even people that's not in those high positions and you're just in your walk with in your everyday walk on your job, in your company or whatever God has you doing. And if you allow worry to take over and you allow worry to just be there as as part of your everyday life, you're going to begin to age prematurely because worry is affecting you physically. And it's also going to give you things like ulcers and sicknesses and, and stress is going to be there. But worry is totally unprofitable. It's not profitable to you at all. Worry doesn't profit you. Fear doesn't profit you. Doubt doesn't profit you. The thing that's going to profit you is faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is, that God is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We, we begin to understand that we can have what God says we can have and go forward in Jesus' name. But it, worry is totally unprofitable and it's unrewarding whatsoever. So, you know, today, as we're ministering this to you and, and as you're listening um, right here in the audience and as you're listening through the CDs or however you're listening to this word, understand that your mind is being attacked and God wants you, God wants you this day, today, to take charge and take control. How do you take control? By submitting yourself to God and submitting yourself to the Holy Spirit in your life. And uh, th then you're going to begin to see victory. I, I want to look at some 
territory where worry uh, enters in. See, people who are wealthy really don't worry about getting money. Have you ever noticed that people that have money, they don't have to worry about getting money. They can make money uh, just hand over fist. I mean, they just make it. Uh, and whatever they do, they got the Midas touch and just money, 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 money comes. And that's a good thing. But those that don't know the Lord, then they worry about keeping the money. See, th- where most people that are in poverty or don't have enough and they lack, they worry about getting the money. They, they, they worry themselves sick because they don't have enough money. They worry themselves sick and they tire themselves out physically trying to work three and four jobs just to make ends meet. There's worry there. But a person that has all the wealth, they don't worry about getting it, but they have to worry about keeping the money. So, therefore... A lot of a lot of great men and women that have wealth, they 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 spend their time worrying, and many of them have some major problems physically because of the worry that's in their heart and in their mind over these conditions. See, people worry about the natural things, houses, food, raiment. And what did Jesus teach us over in Matthew the sixth chapter and the twenty fifth verse? He said, "Don't worry about where you will live. Don't worry about the food you eat." And don't worry about the clothes you wear. <laughs> I, I mean, that's pretty simple and that's pretty pretty straight. But that's what Jesus said when he was teaching the disciples there. He said, don't worry about where you will live. See, some people worry about a roof over their head. They worry about uh, uh, having a place to live. Um, they worry about having the finest place to live. Listen. You can have a house and not have a home. You can have a home and not have a house. What I'm saying is, wherever you are, you can make home. Because home is created. The atmosphere of a home is created with the love of God, the peace, and the joy. Listen, people that live in the simplest times, I remember watching the series on TV years ago, and I still watch the reruns because I love it, the Waltons, uh, Little House on the Prairie. Those were simple times for people. They were hard times. Uh, they were during the times of depression during the Waltons. And then uh, the Little House on the Prairie, it was hard times. People had to face a lot of hardships to, to, to get what they had. But those were the days when a man's word was his word. It was his bond. And they worked hard to, to get what they had. And they, and they did an honest day's work to get what they had. And they could feel good at night lying down at night because they had worked hard and honestly for their living. But those were the simple days. And, uh, you know, but they had a home. It may not have been an extravagant mansion, but they had a home. Some of the people in the stories had big homes, but inside that home was chaos. Inside that home was turmoil. Inside that home was hatred. Inside that home was uh, distress and and just problems. Uh, People didn't get along. Hatred was there uh, because they did not have the love in that home. They had a house, but not a home. So, you know, home is where you are, and you you can make a home wherever it is. It doesn't matter if it's the finest or not. You can still make the best out of what you've got and let God's love prevail in that situation. And I guarantee you, your children, yourself, and everybody else will be happy because you're happy and the the joy of the Lord is prevalent in that place. So, you know, don't worry about where you live and the food you eat. Don't worry about the food. God will always provide. God will never, he's never seen his righteous forsaken, the psalmist David said, or his seed begging for bread. We're not beggars. We're children of God. We're sons of God. God will not leave you and put you in a position where you don't have any food whatsoever. God will always provide because he is your provider. He, he's your father, and your father 
is better, our Heavenly Father is better than us earthly fathers and will make even better provisions for us because He loves us that much. So don't worry about the food. Don't worry about the clothes you wear. <laughs> My goodness, uh, you know, some people have to have a new pair of shoes every week or they have to have a new dress or a new suit every week. You know what? If we'll just be learned to be content and have contentment in our heart. See, sometimes people think things is going to make them happy. Things is going to make them feel prosperous. Things is going to do that. No, it's not things. You can have everything in the world and not have Jesus, and you won't have the peace and the joy. So today, the Lord wants you to see, don't worry about these things. Because what did Jesus say? As you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what is the kingdom of God according to Romans? He said, it, it, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness. You have that sense of, of, of righteousness, that sense of being able to come into the presence of God as though you never sinned because God looks at you as his own, as his child. He looks at you through the blood of Jesus. And Jesus became sin that you might become righteous. And therefore, you're equal with the Lord now. He's made you an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, seek first the kingdom. Seek first righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom, Jesus said, and all of these things, all of these other things, what are those other things? The things we were talking about. Houses, clothes, food, all of these things will be added unto you as a matter of course. In other words, they'll come automatically as you begin to put God first and you begin to seek the kingdom of God. You're going to begin to see that God's provisions are there in a great way. Now, what causes worry? See, what worry causes you to distrust God. And number one thing is the lack of knowledge of God's Word. It causes worry to dominate your thinking. Hosea 4, 6 says, For my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Your lack of knowing the Word will cause you to worry. It'll cause you to walk in fear. It'll cause you to walk in doubt and unbelief rather than in the faith that God wants you to have. So the lack of knowledge. And then there's a distrust of God's Word. See, when we distrust someone, we think they're lying to us. We, we would not go up to someone and tell them that they're a liar. But we do this to God every time we worry or doubt. Uh, I, I mean, there's some people you don't trust. There's some people you don't have confidence in. But you just don't go up to them every day and say, I don't trust you. I don't, I don't have confidence in you and you're a liar. And, but yet at the same time, we, we'll just slap God in the face and we distrust him. And we show our distrust by our actions and by our thinking and by what we're saying. And we do this to God every time we worry or doubt. So the cause of worry is the lack of knowledge of the Word of God. But, you know, the thing that we got to get down to now is how do we overcome worry? If all of these things are happening in your life and you're thinking these things that we've been talking about, we need to first of all understand it is a sin. You can ask God to forgive you. God will forgive you. And then you've got to choose to trust God and His Word. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, let your request be known to the Lord. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Listen, if you've got a situation to come up, just immediately lift your hands and your voice to the Lord, your heart to God. Find a place of prayer and just begin to present your heart to God and and just begin to, by prayer and supplication, present your request to God. And you're going to begin to see God's hand work for you. Because the next part of that says, and, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. 
When you do that, what? When you begin to recognize and trust God and His Word and recognize that God is greater than any problem and that God is big on the inside of you. God is big on the inside of you. God is God. He is God. He, His power is in you. His mind is in you. His wisdom is in you. Uh, his love is in you. His ability is in you. So what we have to do is understand greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. That's First John 4, verse 4. He, greater is He that's in me. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. And as we begin to confess that and praise God for that, we're going to begin to see the Lord do mighty things concerning what we're worried about. See, the Bible said Romans 8, verse 37, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. We're more than conquerors. You, you've got to begin to see yourself like God sees you. He sees you as an overcomer. He sees you as a conqueror, more than a conqueror, uh, through Christ who strengthens you. So recognize that God's greater than any problem and that God is big on the inside of you. And then choose to pray. Choose to pray. Remember, we've, we've said it all along in all of our teachings. This is a life of choice. You have a choice to choose right now. You can choose to worry, doubt, have fear. You can choose to have unbelief, or you can choose to pray instead of worrying. Psalms 55, verse 22, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. He said, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. I want to, re I want to read that to you again. <laughs> cast your burden on the Lord. In other words, whatever that situation is, take it and cast it on God. That's what God's our burden bearer. And he, he wants you just to cast it on him, releasing the weight of it to the Lord. Listen, you can't do anything about some of the major situations in your life. There's some things that you have no control over. But what you can do, you can release it to God who has control over everything. And God will begin to move on your behalf, releasing the weight of it. And he will sustain you. He will keep you. And he will never allow you, the righteous ones, to be moved or made to slip or to fall. So choose to praise the Lord or choose to pray. And then choose to be thankful. Be thankful. The Bible said in First Thessalonians 5, verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances. Be thank Have a thankful attitude. I tell you, some of the, I just don't like to be around people that have not, don't have a thankful attitude. Listen, we need to be thankful for the little things that happen in our life. Be thankful for the small things that people do for you. Be thankful. Be consistently thankful for those things that people do. People don't have to do good things for you, but be thankful for for what they do. And most of all, be thankful to God. Thank God. Sometimes sometimes we go through the major situations, and boy, we're really thankful for the Lord. But then we go through that time uh, of what I call a little lull where we don't have no problems and things plaguing us or anything. And we just we forget to really be thankful to the Lord. We need to get in, when we get in our car, thank God for the car that you're driving. Thank God that it's working. Thank God that it's moving. <laughs> thank God that it's not broken. Uh, when you fix your breakfast in the morning, thank God you got provisions. Be thankful for these things that God has given you. Thank God for what you have. Be thankful for what God's put in your heart and in your life. And, and, and be thankful for the little things that happen as, as people, uh, as you go through your day and, and you get up. And, and realize that God is the source of all your blessings. But we need to start being thankful and be thankful in all circumstances. Philippians 4, 7 says, when we're thankful, then the peace of God which passes understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's your choice. It's your choice today. See, God does not start something 
that he doesn't finish. God doesn't start something that he doesn't finish. Remember when Jesus told the disciples one night, let's go to the other side. And and as as they were going towards the other side, and all of a sudden, a storm came up immediately, which it did oft times on the sea that they were on. It would just come up suddenly. And sometimes there were very destructive storms. And this storm, the wind was raging and howling, and the waves were beating against the boat. Jesus was in the hinder part of the boat asleep, and the disciples were worried, and they went over and shook him and said, Master, 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 wake up. We're going to die if you don't stand up and do something. Jesus woke up, and he looked, and he saw the storm and the destruction that was in the storm, and Jesus went over to the bow of the boat, and he just spoke to the storm, and he said, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Now, in the original rendering, it, it states that he told that storm, he said, be muzzled. Be muzzled. Have you ever seen a dog that's nipping and barking and trying to get you? And, you know, and I'll, I'll, and, and uh, but if you put a muzzle on them, they can't do anything about it. That's what Jesus did to the storm. He put, he muzzled that storm to where it could not do any damage. And the stillness came, and it was calm. And there they were in the middle of the sea. But, but remember, Jesus had made a statement. We're going to the other side. Let's go to the other side. And when the storm seized, then they had to roll themselves over to the other side. Had a little extra work there. Sometimes storms come up in your life to kind of to kind of speed you up and, and to get you to where you're going quicker. Because sometimes a storm will cause you to pray. Sometimes a storm will cause you to fast. Sometimes a storm will cause you to really get serious with the Lord. And, uh, it, it, and you'll move along a little quicker. But see, they had to get there. But you see, Jesus had an agenda. We're going to the other side. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what came up. He said, we're going to the other side. Listen, what I'm saying that for is whatever God has assigned you to, whatever God has put in your heart to do, you are going to the other side. God is going to perform his word. God is going to do what he said he would do. God's not going to leave you in a lurch. God's not going to leave you abandoned. God's not going to leave you without provisions. God is going to be God. And God is going to make sure that you have everything you need, all the supplies, all the money, everything that you have that's necessary for you to accomplish the task and the will of God in your life. God is going to make sure that you have it. Why? Because He spoke it. God put it in your heart. He birthed it in you as a seed before you were ever born into this earth. And now then it's being produced. And you're going to fulfill that vision and that blueprint God's already put inside you. And God will not fail you. And so don't let worry, don't let doubt and fear and unbelief hinder you from going forward. And don't let worry dominate your thinking. Today, we need to release it to God. Cast it upon the Lord. You are victorious in Jesus' name. I want you that are here with me today, join hands with the person next to you. Those that's listening by the CD, if you've got someone there that you can join hands with, we want to pray. I want to believe God to liberate your mind and liberate your spirit from worry and all of these things that the devil's bringing against you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we come to you now boldly. We thank you, Father, for that promise that if we, if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done of the Father which is in heaven. And Father, right now, faith is being imparted one to another. The power of God is being imparted one to another. And, and we're, we're going to speak to worry. And I, I say worry in the name of Jesus, you're defeated. Worry in the name of Jesus, you cannot conquer and rule in the minds of God's people. Worry, we bind you and we render you powerless in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we command you to take your bags and leave right now. 
because we're more than conquerors. We're victorious in Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for all of these people that are in agreement with us now. God, that you're moving on their behalf and the, the word of God has enlightened their heart and they have revelation and they can see what you're doing in their heart and life right now. And Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. Now, I want you as believers that have just prayed this prayer, those of you that's joined with me right here, I want you to just lift your hands and begin to thank God and just praise him for victory that's in your life because you're victorious in Jesus. You're more than conquerors. And Father, we thank you. We praise you today for total victory. Thank you, Lord, that we're free from worry and these other things that the devil plagues our mind with. We're free and we thank you and we praise you and we will glorify your name and praise you from this day forth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.